you know, a lot of us complain about the portal and kids not sticking it out and leaving first chance they get. Well, there's one kid that has stuck it out at Alabama, and he makes our countdown today. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, you know, in this world of 51% divorce rate, uh, kids and uh, girlfriends, boyfriends are breaking up at an astronomical rate. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I yeah. threw that one in there. Uh, you got divorce rate in there, too. I think it's much higher than that, but go ahead. Everybody seems to switch team allegiances. Uh, when your team doesn't perform the way you want it to, no matter how long you've been a fan, you know, and, and the transfer portal, everybody can get in and move wherever they want to. There's just no commitment anymore. Well, Tyu Jones Bell, a wide receiver at the University of Alabama, a uh, little school tucked away there in Tuscaloosa. He's stuck it out. And look, plucky, plucky program from what I hear, a little underdog. Yeah, a little plucky, pluck and grit is what they. They call him, I think, the, the Alabama Pluck and Grits. Um, but he has stuck it out. Unbelievably, really, because it feels like there are guys who are above him on the depth chart who actually got more playing time that have left. And Tyu Jones-Bell, he's just hanging around. Now, there may be some people that say, Luke, of course he's sticking around. He's got a good situation. He can hang out at Alabama, get a degree, practice with the best, travel with the best, be treated like royalty because he's on the team and possibly win a ring. And he's, he may not be good enough to go somewhere else. And even if he were to go somewhere else, he probably wouldn't get all those amenities because it's not like he's going to Georgia or Ohio state. So, and that's true, but I think we should celebrate him a little bit more. I'm not saying he's Jalen hurts sticking around for the 2018 season. That's not what I'm saying. It's just look right now, kids, they, they leave at the drop of a hat. They leave before you drop the hat. So let's let's give him a little bit of credit here. Yeah, you make a great point about kids above him on the depth chart have left because they want more balls. They want more snaps. And these are kids above him. And like, you know, Holden being just one, Treshawn Holden, that's just one, one example. There's others, uh, JoJo Earl, even Aaron Anderson, uh, you know, those guys didn't like their situation and, and they left. And my thing is, if you're a, a fan who has complained out loud, uh, understandably, understandably about the transfer portal and about how it's raising a generation of quitters and how kids just, you know, the second they don't like what, what the situation is, they just pull up stakes and move somewhere else. And as a fan, that really frustrates you because it's not good for the program. It's not good for the kid. If that's if, if that's something that upsets you then here, here's the guy that should be one of your favorites on the team. Uh, Tyu has, has been, uh, I think this would be going into year four this fall, uh, certainly year three, but I think year four. Um, and he has and doesn't look to be a significant player this fall. That could change. But as of now, I certainly wouldn't put him on the two deep. I, I think we have six wide receivers that are going to play substantial snaps. Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks, and Malik Benson, and then the three sophomores, Kendrick Law, Kobe Prentice, and Isaiah Bond. 
and and then throw in, by the way, a seventh guy, Manuel Henderson, that might just be too good to keep off the field, also looks like the primary kickoff returner. That's seven. You're not really going to play more than that with the first team. Everyone else is either redshirting or garbage time or, or sees very few snaps. So Jones Bell would be in that group. And he hasn't left. And and Luke's right. If he left, he, he probably wouldn't end up at a Georgia or Ohio State. But someone would take him. You, you got to remember, this, this was a pretty high-value recruit. And, hey, it's one I'll openly admit I was wrong about so far. I, I loved him as a prospect. I thought he was going to be very good, a swaggy receiver from South Florida, a great, uh, great explosion, had that impressive SEC burst, looked like he might be a good punt returner. Uh, at the SEC level, and it hasn't worked out. So, so far, I was a little wrong about projecting how good he might be. Uh, but I also think because he was a national top 100 recruit, uh, he could easily transfer. Well, let's just pick programs back home uh, for him, Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Central Florida, South Florida. Uh, I, I think he could go to any of those places and, and probably play and do well. But he stuck it out. He stuck it out. I, I think he wants that degree from the University of Alabama. Uh, and then he may leave, you know, after that, maybe. Uh, but I, I think it's a, I think he's, while not a significant player on the roster this fall, and that's why he's ranked back here at 77, uh, he, he is still a great story about how uh, he stuck it out. He's still out there trying, even though Dalen Hale shows up and, and there's another guy that could just leapfrog him and, and he's just sticking it out. Two things. Number one, why don't you think it's worked out? Number one. And number two, okay, I, I gave him a, a big time pat on the back and showed him some love earlier. And I think I could have said that same speech, given that same spiel, if you had ranked him, say, 82nd instead of 77th. Because when you have him 77th, you have him ahead of Yanzi Pierre and Quay Rousseau. And I mean, there is part of me that's going, okay, we need to give Tyu Jones Bell some credit. We need to show him love. But he ain't better than those two guys. Well, I think he's going to play more. I mean, that, 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 that's just that, that's where that ranking comes from. Everybody behind him, uh, you know, like Pierre, like Roussaw, obviously those are, are, are going to be great players at Alabama, and Jones Bell probably is not. But uh, I projected red shirts for those guys. I think Jones Bell is a guy that we will see because most weeks Alabama's going to have a significant lead in the fourth quarter most weeks. So I think most weeks we see Jones Bell. It'll just be at the end of games, maybe on special teams. Maybe they find a role for him on special teams to reward him for sticking it out. Uh, but that that the ranking is a reflection of the fact that I do think we will see number 14 on offense, uh, Tyu uh, Jones Bell, uh, pretty much every week except in the you know games that are decided late in the fourth quarter and we never get to put in the – the backups, but I, I just think he's a weekly backup, and that's why he would be ahead of guys that I project to redshirt who can play up to four games, but no more than that. All right, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Bird Dogs now. Bird Dogs, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. I just got my merch in today. Have you gotten your merch in? I did, and I love them, and I'm not saying that. I mean, I know people expect us to say that. No, I, I loved it. I, I thought Seriously, it was probably the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. And I'm, nope. not, I'm not kidding when I say that. No, I totally agree. Because, see, I, I wasn't here a couple of nights ago at, at my house. And so I had them shipped to my house. I usually have stuff shipped to my office. Nobody cares about that. I don't know why I talked about it. Anywho, um, so 
I got home and then this morning I was uh, I'm going to be the mystery reader at my daughter's class. So she doesn't know. Oh but anyway, know. I don't even know. So I don't even know what I'm reading. It could be no telling what it is. I uh, hope it's not the Scarlet Letter or anything. Anywho, um, uh, awkward, awkward. So, uh, yeah, uh, I got my bird dog stuff in and I was like, all right, let me just before I'm getting ready to go do the podcast and then go to my daughter's thing. Let me let me uh, tear these open and check them out. And I put them on and showed them my wife. She was like, those are awesome. Those look good. Did you tell them the color? Because she knows I have terrible taste. She was like, did you tell them the color? I was like, no. She goes, okay, that makes a lot more sense now because those look great. And, and um, I was like, yeah, they feel awesome. And uh, the, I mean, like the size is great. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, birddogs.com slash locked on college. Use a promo code locked on college. And I should have brought the dead gum tumbler up here with me. They sent us a tumbler too. Do you have it, Jimmy? If you do, uh, I'll get, I'll get on it down. Well, don't worry about it. Uh, but anyway, it's an awesome tumbler. It's like a Yeti style tumbler thing. And um, you can put coffee in it. Put You keep your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold. And that's all you want out of a tumbler, right? Oh, wait a minute here. Jimmy's got it. Look at that. to the rescue. Look at that. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. What would you bid on that, Jimmy? I feel like Jimmy, uh, Bob Barker. Probably, uh, probably $25 because I've already filled it with wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. They are our new sponsor. We want you to buy some stuff from them. Please go buy some stuff from them. We would appreciate it a ton. So go do it. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. On tomorrow's podcast, haha, <laughs> there won't be one. Uh, so we will probably have one again on Sunday. Um, and uh, we'll be talking more about this countdown and good Lord, no telling what else is going on. I'm not going to, we're not going to get into this story, but one of our very arch rivals, uh, there is a rumor about a, one of the star players that they expect to be a star player, at least on that team. And it's not really a rumor. Um, I saw some social media video that was like, whoa. And if um, that was put out without somebody else's knowing it, I hate to be so vague, but I hate to get into this too much. Um, one of our arch rivals could be missing a star player if this thing is as bad as it looks like. I can tell you that. Just Google Auburn running back in potential hot water. There you go. All right. You said more than that. I, I think that your, yours was much better than mine. Mine added more mystery. I don't know. I, I mean, I know what you're talking about, and I know why we shouldn't be talking about it. But uh, it is a potential SEC story, and if you want to learn more, just you can find it on on Google. I'm sure it's only a story. I think, and again, I'm not trying to you know I, I look for any reason to throw Auburn under the bus, but it's only a story if I think if one of the uh, participants was unaware. I think were. it would be a big story even otherwise because <clears throat> I don't think uh, Auburn wants its players. Uh, even putting out uh, consensual stuff. It is. Um, and look, I was shocked. I mean, I didn't even do like, I, I wasn't like doing a deep dive on this thing. I went to Twitter, typed in a couple of things and there it was. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's a little bit more than I thought I was going to get to see. But anywho, um, one so more Google, not this family show. So, Jimmy, uh, Nick Saban, making a uh, direct 190 here, 
as I, I've always, I've told everybody this story about the former golf coach who used to always get math wrong. And he'd say, man, I was, I hit this putt and it did, a, and the ball did a complete 190 on the cup. And we were like, what are you talking about? A 190? You'd have to have a protractor to even know it. But anyway, um, Nick Saban is in Italy. And that, that in itself should not be a story, right? I mean, a, a football coach who's got a gazillion dollars going on a, a European tour with his bride of many years. That shouldn't be a story. It is a story because it's Nick Saban though. And here's the thing. In, in the, in the past 15 years, probably in the past 30 years, a vacation for Nick Saban was when he left a five-star recruits front door and walked to his car. That was the only <laughs> time he got a break. The, the closest thing he came to Italy was Domino's. So now he's in Italy. He's taking some time off. I don't know how to feel. I'm, I, As a normal human, I think it's fine. I also know he's not a normal human. So it may, does bring the question in there, is he getting closer to the end? Which everybody go, of course he is, Luke. He's 96 years old. I get that too. We also have recognized and theorized he's a cyborg. So he doesn't age the same way we do. My point is that... Are you okay with this? I, I am. I am. But it seems very un-Nick Saban-like. Uh, yeah, I agree with all that. I was uh, I, I first learned of this uh, well before he left that he was going. And I my, my, my initial reaction was surprised just because I, I believe in the 17 years or so that we've been here uh, the first time something like this has happened. He does frequently and, and pretty frequently – uh, during the summer months, goes to Lake Burton. He had a second vacation home at Gasparilla Island, uh, you know, down near Tampa. Uh, and between Lake Burton and Gasparilla, he 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 spent time down there as he should. Uh, other coaches, Lane Kiffin has a, a a place in Boca that he is there all the time. Uh, conducts official Ole Miss business from his home frequently. Um, I, I think. Now, also, fans need to know this uh, about the month of May. May is the month that everyone is off except assistant coaches. Uh, Coach Saban is not allowed to recruit on the road at all. He is not allowed uh, to to visit prospects, high schools, or homes. That's disallowed during the month of May. The assistants can. The players are also gone. uh, A ghost town during the month of May only. Uh, that is the month that the players leave and go home, or as in modern times, as a group, they may go somewhere and train together at a facility, something that they pay to do. Uh, so the month of May is the time to go. There, there is literally for the head coach, for the players, it is their time off to do with what they will. The assistant coaches, again, they 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 have to work all during the month of May. They are allowed uh, a 30-day period that starts in late April to be on the road and they go on the road and they stay on the road recruiting, but they don't really need coach Saban for that. Uh, they, they, they've got their, their marching orders. They know what to do. There's a lot of logistics that go into it in terms of seeing what high schools at what time and what kids are priorities and where they need to go. It's all planned, highly organized, but they don't need coach Saban. So it, it, it is definitely the time for him to go. Uh, he deserves a normal vacation, just like normal people. And uh, I, I'm fine with it. I think uh, Feinbaum, you know, I know he tries to stir the shake. And 
you know, I, I've seen a couple comments about, hey, while you're out of the country, Nick, uh, Georgia signed the number one player in the country. Well, first of all, we weren't recruiting that kid because we already have a quarterback in the 2024 class, and we're not going to sign a second quarterback unless our quarterback situation changes. We weren't involved with that kid. Uh, we are continuing to recruit like crazy. We have nine of our 10 assistant coaches are all on the road. All 10 are working recruiting while Coach Saban is gone, and they're quite competent people like Kevin Steele and Tommy Reese and these guys, Holman Wiggins, T-Rob, these guys have been recruiting their whole lives. So we're, we're, uh, we're fine, and I hope Coach Saban's having a good time. Uh, this is a guess on my part, but Coach Saban uh, has a piece of the uh, Ferrari dealership in Nashville, so I wouldn't be surprised to learn if the Ferrari people haven't uh, kind of brought Nick to, uh, to, to Italy for this vacation. So that makes sense with his, uh, his little side job. Yeah, it, it does. And it is, again, very reasonable and well-deserved. And I get where Feinbaum's coming from, too. Although, again, Feinbaum, you're right, is just stirring up the masses because anybody with sense would say, okay, yeah, you're right. They signed uh, Dylan Rayola. That's a coup for Georgia. Congratulations. We signed, we're going to sign, or they didn't sign him, they committed him, and um, or had him commit. <laughs> uh, they didn't commit him. Uh, we're going to sign Julian Sayan who is the number two quarterback in the country. I do find it a little odd again that uh, two West Coast guys headed back to the SEC. So for it's interesting because this year we talked about the quarterback rankings. There are like four guys in the top ten from the Pac-12 in terms of quarterback rankings this year, yet they still can't get anybody to stay home. Um, and of those four guys, like most of them are transfers, Caleb Williams to USC, Bo Nix to USC, Michael Penix. Um, I mean, wow. Bo Nix to Oregon. Uh Michael Penix from Indiana to Washington. I mean, these are guys that uh, didn't come from that area. And the guys that are homegrown, well, they're going to Alabama and Georgia and everywhere else and sometimes Clemson. So, anywho, just thought that was interesting. Let's take a break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk a few odd and end things. And we're back. So, uh, Jimmy, a couple things. Alabama starts the final baseball series of the year with Ole Miss today, Thursday. Uh, Ole Miss ha- – it appears they've quit. It, it just Auburn could should have probably run ruled them every single game. They just don't look like they care. I get it because I mean they're out of it, um, and the only chance they have to get in the tournament is to win the SEC tournament. Now, if but they're probably not going to make the SEC tournament, so it doesn't right. matter. Um, right. And uh, so I think this is a good time to be playing them. Alabama needs to beat them. I think Alabama. It would certainly behoove Alabama to sweep them I'd, again. Captain Obvious here, but you don't want to drop two or three to this crowd. Alabama's already done things like drop two or three to Mississippi state when they were stinking it up. Don't drop two or three to Ole Miss. I mean, at least win the series probably best to sweep. And if Alabama does sweep them and if Alabama gets out of that, uh, the, the went lose and go home part of the sec bracket, I think Alabama could host, which is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We could even be discussing that, but it is possible. And that's why we need to discuss it just simply because what a great achievement. I, I agree, Luke. If Alabama at least wins two of three or sweeps Ole Miss and then does pretty well in Hoover, then you could be hosting an NCAA regional, which is the first time Alabama's done that, I, I want to say, since I was a kid. I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> but I want to say that. Uh, it, for, for Alabama, where you fire the head coach over a gambling scandal uh, in a year where 
throughout at least half the season, the fans didn't really think much of this team and, 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 and were sort of mocking it, being, uh, to be you know, honest. And, and for them to rise from that and, and host, which basically mean, that, that does mean you're one of the best 16 teams in all of college baseball, uh, would be incredible. But uh, just making the tournament is a big deal at Alabama. And I think if Alabama just, you know, does well against Ole Miss and does okay in Hoover, at worst at this point, they're number two seed in a regional. Uh, I've seen them projected at the Duke Regional, at a, a regional in Miami. Uh, that would be an incredible result. But uh, hosting, wow. And possible from this point. Uh, Ole Miss is ripe to be swept for sure. At the same time, I bet Ole Miss's coach is reminding them, hey, you know, last season we won the national championship. We're playing at Oxford against a pretty bad Alabama team, and they swept us. True, Alabama swept Ole Miss and Oxford last season when Oxford won the national championship and Alabama didn't even make the NCAA tournament. So maybe that was a sign of things to come where just under the surface we knew this Alabama team might be pretty good, and, and, and most of those kids came back this year. Or maybe Brad Bohannon bet on Ole Miss three straight times last year. You know, this I'm going to tell you, this team has gone from there, – there was a probably a sense of malaise over the program. Then the, the gambling thing happens, and I think the immediate reaction is probably disgust because I, I think the original assumption when the gambling thing started coming out before we knew the details, everybody was like, there's some player on there gambling and doing, and it, 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 I'm just not going to even follow this crap anymore. And then when it comes out that it was Bohannon, and then it comes out that it was Bohannon betting against his team, I think now people have put their arms around this bunch again. I mean, they've won two out of three against on the road at A&M. That's not easy. They won two out of three against a top five Vanderbilt team. Again, not easy. At a time when everybody was like, this team has every reason to quit, just like Ole Miss does this weekend. So I think now there's sort of a – resurgence, a renaissance in love for Alabama baseball. It's never going to match football or anything. I'm just saying that this team is easy to like right now, and maybe they will use some of that energy and go on a little bit of a run. I don't think they can win the national championship. I don't think they can win the SEC tournament. But I do think they can get in the NCAA tournament and make a little noise and, and put some uh, pride back into the program that Brad Bohannon took away. There's, there's nothing else to say other than Brad Bohannon really tried his best to screw Alabama baseball. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about that. And uh, there it is. Now I was going to, I'm just briefly going to mention CBS ranked their top 10 or their top 25 football coaches. They still have Nick Saban, number one. They still have Kirby smart. Number two, there are people who would flip flop them. I get it. Oddly, they have Debo Sweeney number. And I say oddly, I'm not sure if that should be oddly. They have Debo Sweeney, number three, Lincoln Riley, number four, Jim Harbaugh, five, Brian Kelly, six. Now, let me tell you what I don't like about that. At least Brian Kelly has played for a national championship. Lincoln Riley hadn't. Lincoln Riley had the Heisman Trophy winner last year in, in an easier conference, had a second shot to beat Utah to go to the playoffs. Couldn't get it done. Why is Brian Kelly not considered the better coach? He never gets uh, the proper credit, I, I don't think. He's won everywhere he's been. There hasn't been a job where Brian Kelly hasn't won. He's won, And that's why, I like, when LSU hired him, I'm like, oh, because we know what LSU's ceiling is. LSU's ceiling, you do as well as you can there. That means national titles, maybe multiple. I mean, Les Miles won a national title there. Ed's title there. And Brian Kelly can 
coach circles around those guys, to be honest. So I agree he should be higher. And as far as Lincoln Riley, this is what I'm going to say about USC all year. And I might be saying this about them as I watch them win a national championship this year, because I do think Lincoln Riley is close to being one of the real elites. I think he is close because of the offense, because of he's obviously very attractive to quarterbacks uh, with the way they recruit and the production that he gets and the multiple Heismans he's won now with his quarterbacks. But one thing about Lincoln Riley, I'm going to say all year, Luke, until USC makes the playoff, I will say this. You know, the last time I saw USC play, they lost to Tulane. And I know that's not your granddaddy's Tulane, and I know it was the greatest Tulane team of all time or whatever anybody wants to say, but it was Tulane without a single player on their team that would be offered by USC out of high school, not one. And and Tulane beat USC. And until I see USC do something special, Lincoln Riley doesn't mean a whole lot to me, certainly not more than Brian Kelly. What would – with that Tulane team, which, again, maybe we don't know Tulane's history well enough, but you say they're Tulane's greatest team of all time. I buy it. I, I can, you can sell me on that. Would they make the top 20 of the top USC teams of all time if you put the no, jerseys? No. Heavens no. Okay, so that's my point. And here's the other yeah. thing. And I'm not, I am not arguing Lincoln Riley is not an elite coach. I think that he's elite – because he has made the playoffs a couple times. Um, he has done some really nice things. He's had three Heisman winners. But that's, that's my other thing. He's had three Heisman winners, zero national championships. And when he's made the playoffs. Zero playoff wins. I don't think he's Zero won. playoff wins. Zero yeah. playoff wins. And when he's made the, the playoffs, and with the exception of that Oklahoma-Georgia game, which was Georgia's first trip to the playoffs, um, and, and Georgia had a good team, but I would I would say that Georgia team also had its deficiencies. They had a true freshman starting at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Then th- they just couldn't get it done. They had a lead in that game. They couldn't get it done. And then they go play play Alabama with Kyler Murray, who won a Heisman Trophy, and Alabama blisters them. Now, I mean, it got close towards the end, but Alabama was up 28 to nothing at one point in the game. Let's not forget that. And then last year they have the Heisman Trophy winner. And um, – they don't even make the playoffs. It's right there. They essentially, frankly, they were in the playoffs. They just lost the game to get to the actual playoffs. If they beat Utah, they're in, right? Yep, that's right. Okay. Probably, yeah, probably so. And again, when people say, "Oh, that's a bowl game," people don't care about bowl games anymore. You know, I watch all those bowl games, and that USC. I watch USC Tulane. Uh, USC almost won the game. They, but you know why? Because USC was trying to win the game. That's right. They were trying to win the game. That's Their right. players on that field were trying to. Win win the game uh and i see people uh players don't care about the bowls they don't even show up well the ones that didn't show up didn't care but the kids playing in the game do care uh that's what competitors do these kids are competitors they're all competitors and if they They don't don't, you don't want them on your team yeah they don't want to you don't want to get shown up on the field doing what you do best uh yeah usc tried to win the game the players that were there tried to win the game and they lost to tulane so whenever i see usc like pick to, to make the playoffs I get a little, I get a little irked over it because I'm like, you know, I get looking at Caleb Williams and their lineup why people might think so, but the last I saw that team, they lost to Tulane. So I'm I'm in the you got to prove it to me mode with USC, and they might because I I, I am aware of of the talent they have in that program, and Lincoln Riley is certainly a good football coach. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will talk to you guys uh, shortly, probably not tomorrow. I mean, unless something big happens. If something big happens, we'll be all over it. But um, 
anyway, we will see you guys again soon. Thank you. Please do subscribe. Go buy you some Bird Dogs merch. Go buy you a Built Bar. Go get you some FanDuel. Go do all that stuff. We appreciate you. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide.